Welcome to the Shorthand States here on the Guernsey Press at Politics at Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Matt Fallais and we've been uh, watching and listening to the third and final day of the December States meeting, indeed the last uh, States Day of this calendar year of course and uh, today it's been uh, primarily all talk of mooring fees. Should they go up or should they go up a lot? Uh, well the plan was uh, for them to go up a lot and uh, that was the plan of the States Trading Supervisory Board, led by Deputy Peter Roffey, and uh, the objection to that uh, came from Deputy Gavin St. Pierre, backed by Deputy Chris Blinn. They wanted the increase to be much lower, just a, just about inflation, I think, but nevertheless uh, lower than what has been proposed. In the end, by a single vote, uh, Deputy Peter Roffey won out, and so the uh, inflation busting rises uh, will go ahead. But Matt, uh, his argument was that really um, you can't expect uh, our board to uh, be a commercial minded enterprise and then uh, stop off uh, stop us from raising the money that we need to do what we need to do yeah i mean it was a prosaic day after a dramatic uh, couple of days wasn't it so this is the, the, the states all over i guess you go from a motion of no confidence in the senior committee the election of a new pnr president and, and members and then on day three debating uh, next year's mooring fees. In, yeah, I think in, metaphorically we all, we all felt the bump of that particular <laughs> landing. Yeah. Yes, uh, but that de- debate still took uh, several hours. So, yes, I, I mean, I think Deputy Roffey uh, actually was was fairly relaxed about the outcome in, in the sense that, yeah, the, the finances of the ports are what they are, uh, but they were, they were not in a terribly healthy position pre-COVID and then they were uh, hit very badly by the pandemic. I think Deputy Roffey told the states that the losses were something like 30 million during the pandemic. Um, and uh, the, and they called the, the ports businesses marginal at best before COVID as well. So, so he, essentially he was saying, look, either we raise fees and we try to make some efficiencies and savings in the way we operate, or taxpayers will have to continue to subsidise the ports because obviously there are lots of lifeline activities going on at the ports. And and that was the state's trading supervisory board's thinking behind what 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 is the increase twenty or thirty percent above RPI? I, I don't know. You, well, you I think well the the the, the, um, the actual ordinance because this it has got to the point of being an ordinance rather than just a, 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 a you know we've already been through the policy that stage some time ago uh, between seventeen and forty five percent. Now um, obviously Deputy Ruffy was quite keen to point out that the forty five percent increases uh, were for some of the weekly charges for the drying berths, um, which were going up. I, I can't remember the exact number, but five pounds something to six pounds something a week. Um, and so th- that was a, that was the, where the 45% increase came along. Um, other figures that he gave uh, as illustrative examples were um, that the boats that uh, re- were currently required to pay about five and a half thousand pounds were going to go up by just over a thousand pounds. And he said, well, although a thousand pounds is you know a lot of money extra, um, this would only apply to uh, boats in the region of about 50 feet. And uh, he pointed out that um, he, I think, went on and uh, searched out what what sort of price you were obliged to pay for the, such a boat. He said he'd found one that was eight years old, second-hand one that would fetch a price of six hundred thousand pounds, and that uh, it cost two thousand pounds to fill it up with fuel. So he was saying uh, over the course of a year, half a tank of petrol is not uh, mm. in the in the grand scheme of things uh, too much to ask. Yeah, he said that. I mean, the, the board's position was that the, the largest increases, you know, the really the really steep increases are on uh, vessels likely to be owned by people who can afford the increase 
and that two I think he said two thirds of the additional costs would be raised by the one third uh, larger, the, the largest third of vessels in the marinas. Uh, but I, I mean, the, the, the really significant story underneath it all is that the ports as, as a commercial enterprise are in you know, serious difficulty. I mean, th there is a lot of investment necessary at the ports and they're just not raising the kind of income necessary um, to, to fund that investment. And ultimately, it's going to have to be funded by taxpayers or ports users or more likely a combination of the two. So this is not an issue that's this is not a one off debate. You know, this is going to continue to be a theme in the States in, in years ahead, how to fund the necessary um, improvements in facilities and infrastructure at the ports. And it certainly got uh, several deputies exercised. Uh, first to his feet, uh, or, or after the uh, opening speeches, was Deputy David Delisle, who uh, rendered it preposterous and said it, it was an attack on uh, boat owners. Um, others were... And, uh, and, and an, an attack on Guernsey's way of life, Yeah, traditional he said. way of yeah. life, yeah, yeah, yeah. The traditional Guernsey man with his 50-foot yacht. I, I, was, I, was, I was feeling slightly cynical about that element of it. But yeah, obviously, you know, I shouldn't be uh, too facetious about it. Clearly, uh, mooring fees are going up for uh, people no matter what the size of their boat um, but uh, he wasn't alone uh, there were well there were 16 who uh, felt the same way as him after all uh, deputy Lyndon Trott in the first uh, contribution to a major debate since his return to the top job in Guernsey politics um, initially said he was undecided and would be listening very carefully to the summing up speeches well he was obviously more convinced by deputy St Pierre than by deputy Roffey because he supported uh, the motion to annul and um, it was saying that uh, he, he re recalled his days on the board of admin under the, uh, deputy Roger uh, Berry and said that um, you know they would have been horrified by this proposal to uh, put mooring fees up by such a large amount. Deputy St Pierre's arguments, uh, in, in a nutshell, had been that um, yeah, he believed there was um, a, a precedent for um, you know, states' um, decisions that have been made in the past to ensure that uh, rises that were above inflation had to go in front of the uh, assembly. This one now has because of his motion to annul, but uh, you know, in, in, the, in the ordinary scheme of things, it should. Uh, and he also said that, um, that he, he was concerned about the idea of mooring fees being used effectively to shore up um, losses at the Guernsey airport. He was uh, Deputy Roffey had said that it was perfectly reasonable to align the two. Now that ports is amalgamated, it was. No different to a supermarket subsidising a tin of beans from the sale of its yoghurt. Um, but uh, Deputy St Pierre said, well, you know, they haven't been aligned uh, for very long and it's really a bit disingenuous to see it that way. Um, but as we say, uh, Deputy Roffey's arguments uh, held sway in the end. And very shortly after the uh, result was announced and they wound up the uh, state's meeting, I did catch up with Deputy Roffey in the library just next to the uh, state's chamber there to find out what he had to say about it. Uh, so, Deputy Ruffey, your response to the uh, very narrow vote there that uh, supports your, what you want to do on the mooring fees? Well, I think we respect the decision of the states. If they'd preferred to put a heavier taxpayer subsidy in instead, then uh, we would have lived with that. But we believe it is right. Um, an awful lot of investment is going to go into the, uh, the marinas in particular, but the harbours in general over the next 10 years. And it's not going to be generating enough money at the moment to pay for it. We don't have the reserves. They got wiped out by COVID. And we don't think it's right that all of the non-boat owners around the island should really be subsidising the, the, the marinas. Uh, you made the point, as you often have to make the point, that uh, you're not a policy setting committee. And if uh, if the, your direction is to seek co uh, commercial uh, status, then you have to do these things. Would you 
favour seeing in future some official sort of subsidisation from the taxpayer being given to port fees, that's something? Yeah, I, I think that the harbours could probably wash their own face as well, any difficulty in the very long run, particularly if we were given more freedom over the the, the land side for uh, opportunities, you know, maybe paid parking on the piers. I know that makes me the most unpopular person in Guernsey, but we spend money on maintaining those piers. They're a net drain on the port. So, and, you know, once the harbour action areas are, are developed, I think we can get quite a lot of income from some of the, the buildings and facilities around the harbour. The airport, I think, is a different matter. I think of course, it can be made to wash its own face, but I think the level we'd have to take fees to might be uh, damage the broader economy, if you like. So I think there is maybe a case for, because it's such a small airport, because it doesn't have the economies of scale, uh, for the states to consider some sort of PSO. Uh, I mean, that's something to discuss with the new PNR, I guess. Uh, now, you were warned by Deputy St-Pierre that um, the, the uh, mooring fees are not as price inelastic as you might have thought. So uh, his fear appeared to be that we might end up with some empty berths. Uh, have you got any fear of that at all? I don't have a great deal of fear on that. I mean, of course, I can't be absolutely sure. Nobody can. And any business, when putting up its prices, has to be worried about consumer resistance. We do have a big waiting list, but I don't want to use that as a, as a reason because we actually don't want people to have to leave boating if we can possibly help it. And that's why we tailored the increases in such a way that those with smaller vessels will face much smaller increases. Uh, but I do accept that it's not going to be popular and it's for some people it may be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And I apologise for that. But at the same time, it's just not fair to get the rest of the island uh, having to cough up the money. Well, we are charged, as you say, we're not a policy-making decision. We take policy. We're charged with acting commercially. We had Deputy Matthews say, this is the right commercial decision, but I don't like it. Well, we've been told by the states to be commercial, so we can't... We don't particularly like any of charges either, but we have to do... Uh, we have to fulfil the, the mandate and the policy we've been given. Deputy Peter Roffey there on the result of the mooring fees debate and with the motion to annul defeated then the uh, higher than inflation rises uh, continue to go ahead and they will be in place from the 1st of April 2024. Now uh, talking about things nautical Matt uh, that wasn't the only uh, issue that we uh, heard being talked about in the corridors of the Royal Court today there was also uh, a matter concerning uh, Condor. Yeah, so, so Condor put out a statement this afternoon um, trying to provide some reassurance uh, ab about, um, I think their statement talks about temporary difficulties. So there has been speculation about Condor's financial health. Um, it's un understood that, that states, some states members and officials have been involved in contingency planning. Uh, we know that there is a, um, a, a freight vessel um, which is uh, trialling in, in Guernsey tomorrow, I think in, in Jersey uh, today, in Guernsey tomorrow. Um, and, uh, you know, against all of that backdrop, Condor released this statement saying they, they had experienced some temporary difficulties, but they hoped those would very soon be behind them. Uh, but there was quite a lot of talk about that in the margins of the state's meeting today. And I expect that that is, uh, that, that is news that will... Um, continue to run on into next week. And do we know who's conducting this trialling process? Is that something being done by the, the governments of the islands or by Condor themselves? Do we know? I, I, I believe that it's something that has been uh, worked on by both the, the states of Jersey and the states of Guernsey. Um, I think there is a statement out by um, 
the ports today, which uh, which confirms that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, clearly there are some concerns about the uh, the, the freight and passenger security, uh, you know, the island's links. Um, but Condor's statement today is, is an attempt to, to reassure um, their passengers and companies who deal with them. Well, I'm sure we'll uh, hear, and indeed you can read uh, much more about that in the Guernsey Press in the in the days to come. Uh, Matt? Well, yeah, I'm... I'm See the security officials behind us. Right? I, I, I told them at lunchtime that I would uh, I would make reference to this in our pod. So last night, we said that uh, we were invited to leave the building when you were kind of halfway through an interview. Yes, was it with Deputy with Gollop? Deputy Gollop, yeah. I think. And um, the security official said to me last time, "No, no, no! It wasn't us that did that. It was the new PNR president, Deputy Trot, who uh, encouraged everybody to clear." near the building so i don't know what happened because i wasn't there but uh i was i was um encouraged that there are obviously people listening to yeah. our podcast <laughs> That's what I was but uh, <laughs> but i think that they were slightly uh, uh, aggrieved oh, that well, we had suggested that, that they had kicked us out of the building last night well no apologies to them in, in that case um you normally they kick us out when there's not an interview going on but uh, <laughs> anyway uh one way or the other happy christmas to them and to all our listeners and uh we shall be back here when there's another states meeting when which is end of january it, it, it seems it like is. quite a long yeah. gap now yeah. we've got used to these by you know two weekly events now pretty much but uh anyway happy christmas to you all that's all from myself and that for now Bye-bye. yeah good night and happy christmas